2: You can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. And as always, please celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces. Fewer calories and carbs than premium regular beer. Miller Lite. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. All right. Let's bring in uh, Joe Thomas, the uh, future Hall of Famer, NFL Network analyst, former Browns, Offensive tackle, all pro, kind enough to join us. Joe, let's go back to when Baker Mayfield and his agent put out that letter, that love letter to Cleveland that uh, it's time for me to leave, basically. What did you you make of that move by Baker Mayfield?
3: Well, the first thing that I saw, it seemed like he wanted to express gratitude to the fans because – even in the situation that we're sitting in right now where Baker Mayfield is about to be traded to another team, there's a lot of defenders of Baker. There's a lot of fans of Baker for what he did for this franchise. I mean, my last two years in Cleveland, we won one game. The next year we draft Baker Mayfield and he's been part of this turnaround including winning a playoff game against their hated rival, the Pittsburgh Steelers. So certainly uh, there's a lot of love still in Cleveland from a big uh, section of the fan base for Baker. So I think He wanted to express gratitude, but there was also a little hidden meaning in there. I think he was trying to make sure he could be a little bit passive aggressive with the team, um, trying to make them make a decision so that he could either have them fall back in love with him and really open their arms up and uh, wrap themselves around Baker or kind of start the process of getting him traded to somewhere he wanted to go. And it it turns out that he wanted to go to the Indianapolis Colts.
2: Well, I just wonder if that strategy by being so vocal or pushing the envelope a little bit here, that the Browns weren't going to get Deshaun Watson. At least that was the report. And then they made an offer that he he couldn't refuse. Even if he didn't want to play in Cleveland or in that weather, he wanted to play in a dome. It felt like he exacerbated this, that maybe he talked himself out of town and Cleveland had no choice, but to go all in on Deshaun Watson. What do you make of that strategy?
3: I think that will be when it's all said and done. The highlight of the Baker Mayfield era in Cleveland, where he was just a little bit too boisterous, just a little bit too cocky, just talked a little bit too much. And that ended up being the reason why the Browns moved on from him, because let's be honest. He hasn't played bad enough where you have to dump him. It was the combination of his prickliness, the comments that he's made throughout his career, throwing teammates under the bus, the coaching staff, the trainers, the media getting in little fights with the media all the time. Um, It was all those things and kind of showing a propensity to being emotional and sensitive and not being able to handle the criticism all the times, not only in the media in social media but also i think inside those meeting rooms in cleveland and i think when you have a front office made up of andrew berry paul de podesta and then a head coach with kevin stefanski who are extremely unemotional extremely calculated and robotic and by the book and analytical like it's just not a great fit when you have that type of a personality that's trying to fit into a much more structured and unemotional calculated decision making
2: box Do you like this move, getting Deshaun Watson?
3: From a football standpoint, it's a no-brainer. I mean, Deshaun Watson is a bona fide Tier 1 franchise quarterback. Um, You could argue maybe that like an Aaron Rodgers, if he would have been available, would be a better quarterback tomorrow. But – There's no argument as far as long-term answer at quarterback that deshaun watson has been the best one available uh in the nfl in quite some time because not only his performance but his continued upside we haven't seen him i think reach his ceiling as a quarterback and he's a young player so i think he fits with what today's nfl version of a quarterback looks like as far as a guy who can throw the football a mile he can be accurate he can um also get outside the pocket and beat you with his legs whether that means running outside the pocket and throwing or running outside the pocket and making plays down the field, running the football. Um, I think I'm withholding my final judgment a little bit on everything that I'm seeing because there's obviously those 22 sexual assault allegations that are still out there, the sexual misconduct allegations. um, And there's still a lot that we who have not been involved in the investigation are, I think, going to find out about down down the line. And I think it's important for us as fans maybe to not pass judgment right away, even though that's what we want to do, especially me in sports media, right? What are we supposed to do? We always got to take a stand. But I think in this case, it's important to maybe be a little bit more measured and allow some more of the information to come out before we maybe make a judgment call on
2: the totality of this decision by the Browns. I said this, I've been saying it. Um, Why not reach out to this attorney representing these women? If If you're the Browns, I mean, don't tell me you did your background check and your due diligence when that's where I start. Uh, And and my thought is the Browns, maybe they don't want to know. Like maybe this, you're already in. I mean, he's there. He's your guy. So (laughs) there's not much you can do. No take backs here. But I, I would have reached out to the attorney just to say, we're thinking of trading for him. You know, what can you tell us? And nobody reached out to this attorney representing these women i find that mind-boggling
3: yeah i think what the browns had said about it is they, they were trying to keep the pursuit of watson as quiet as possible and that they knew if they reached out to the plaintiff's attorney that the plaintiff was going to try to use that as some type of a leverage situation against Deshaun and the civil litigation and the the plaintiff attorney he's kind of got a uh a history of flair and oh, trying yeah. to be dramatic and get his name out in the media and so maybe they didn't want that circus and they also felt this is not something that they said the second part the first part is what they said they said hey they, they wanted to keep it quiet the second part is just my own analysis of the situation is Hey, he's a plaintiff attorney for a reason. Like, what do you think he's going to tell you? You think he's going to say, yeah, Deshaun's innocent? Like, he's going to try to paint as terrible of a picture as possible because his job is to try to maximize the leverage that he can get money for those women that he's representing. Now, with that being said, if it was me, it doesn't hurt to just ask the question, right? What's the downside of hearing the worst case scenario from the plaintiff's attorney, which obviously that's what you're going to get. You're going to get a tremendous amount of bias because that's his job.
2: Yeah. And the Browns are going to be paying this civil lawsuit because of all that guaranteed money and the raise they gave to Sean Watson. So indirectly they're going to be paying for whatever right. settlement there's going to be. Um, I was curious, your thoughts on Matt Ryan going to the Colts. Uh, I love the move. And, but also when teams say, Hey, we're just kind of talking to Sean Watson, hold on here. We still love you. And then I love that Matt Ryan said, no, it doesn't work that way guys. I've Mm -hmm. given you my career here. I was an MVP here. We went to a Super Bowl here. You want Deshaun Watson? Great. If you don't get him, I want someplace else. So the Colts end up with Matt Ryan. Your thoughts? I, I think it's a great decision
3: for the Colts, right? They're a team that's built to win now, a little bit kind of like the Browns are, right? They've got a good defense. They've got a very good offensive line. They've got one of the best running games in the NFL. They can throw the football if the quarterback's making the right decisions, which at times, Carson Wentz was pretty good, and they won when that happened. And so I think if you bring in a veteran quarterback who maybe is not the player he was five years ago, but he can still make the right decisions. He's not going to put his team in a bad situation. They feel that they've got a really good running game. They've got a good enough team built around that quarterback position that as long as Matt's Matt Ryan doesn't make the type of mistakes in critical moments that Carson Wentz did, that's going to be a big upgrade. And, I also still think Matt Ryan can still throw the football. He's not going to get outside the pocket, which limits them a little bit what they can do offensively. But Matt Ryan is still a really good quarterback in the NFL, and I think he's a great placeholder potentially for them drafting somebody this year or maybe next year when there's possibly a few more quarterbacks available in the draft.
2: This uh, transfer portal with the NFL, there's not many seats left in uh, the game of musical chairs. So where does Baker Mayfield end up?
3: Well, it's getting tough for Baker Mayfield. And I think listening to the people in Cleveland, I still got a lot of friends there, got a house there, um, listening to sports radio. There's a lot of people that are kind of surprised by the trade value, but it reminds me of like somebody asked, hey, how much is your house worth? Well, it's whatever somebody else is willing to pay for it. And right now with Baker Mayfield, I think himself, maybe his representation and even a lot of people that were Browns fans thought that he would command maybe a second or a third round pick. And he was a guy that teams would be excited to build their franchise. franchise around. But that just hasn't been the case. And I think it's a combination of up and down performance, uh, a little bit of a low ceiling because he's not a big, strong, fast guy with a big arm that they feel like maybe they can develop him and a guy that's been inconsistent. And so when you have a low ceiling, you've got a history of being prickly, maybe uh, a little bit with a lot of people in the organization and outside the organization. Um, And you've been inconsistent. And you've got, you know, a bigger salary for maybe a guy that's going to have to come in and compete. There's not a lot of seats that uh, are going to be available to you. So I think the two that really uh, possibly could be on the table for Baker Mayfield would be a Seattle where he could go in and maybe compete with drew lock for that starting spot, maybe Detroit, where I don't know what they think about Jared Goff, but mm. that type of a mentality might play pretty well with Dan Campbell. You know, he's tight. Ty- he's a little bit of an emotional guy. So maybe he likes that in his locker room with wh- which uh, Baker Mayfield could bring. And then maybe Carolina, but uh, Carolina really hasn't shown any
2: interest at this point, uh, but they're starting to run out of options as well. Always great to talk to you, Joe. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, Dan. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Or stream us live on the Peacock app. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen.
1: A young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.
2: Uh, Let's bring in Mark Sanchez, Fox NFL analyst, former NFL quarterback, and, uh, of course, uh, former USC quarterback. And he sits down. He's got his uh, USC golf shirt on. He's got his brackets there that he's showing us. And Mark's doing well in the bracket challenge right now, but you lost Iowa in Kentucky. So you lost yeah. two of your final four teams, still got Arizona and Gonzaga.
4: No, well, I had Villanova, Kansas, Kentucky, Gonzaga. So just one final four team,
2: right? Uh, I got you with Kentucky and Iowa. Wait, is this a mistake, Todd?
3: That's the sheet I got. I'll take another look.
2: Okay. I got uh, Gonzaga, Kentucky. Uh, I- oh,
4: no. I printed. No, no, no. You're right. You're right. You're right. I printed. I'm in a, another bracket with my brother and his buddies, oh, and I printed the wrong one. Okay. My bad. My
2: bad. Yeah. Is, are, are you on another radio I sit show? Corrected.
4: <laughs> Yeah, all the other radio shows. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Although, why are we Zooming today? We normally just do a phone call. Also, good morning.
2: Yeah, good morning. I don't know. I, I love when we Zoom. but Do you? Yeah. Like, okay. You know what? That makes one of us. It's, it's good for this. The only thing that came out of the pandemic that was good was this, that you got to Zoom people.
4: I agree in some ways, but the overzealous Zoomers – I'm out <laughs> totally out if it can be handled verbally yeah. on a phone call yeah. like you have a you know there's a visual element to your show yeah obviously keeping Todd off camera is important but you wow. you want to be you the- know you got a lot of tchotchkes you got a lot that <laughs> the viewers need to see I get that but when people are like hey let's jump on a zoom for 20 minutes I'm like or what
2: Well, that bothers me because it feels like, yeah, I I have a problem with that. Nobody just calls you on the phone. It's got to be, we got to do a zoom. Yeah. And I, so I do have a problem with that, but
4: but, I think people want to look busy, you know, like, Oh, Oh, (laughs) did you say 20, 20 was the margin? (laughs) Got it. Okay.
2: Well, there, there are times when I'm on the phone and you hit mute and you can still hear what somebody's saying, and I can be <laughs> talking to my wife, or you know, I could be doing something, and, you know, I can't do that on a Zoom. Exactly. Yeah. I 100%. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, uh, I'm glad you're here. I wanted to ask you about Baker Mayfield at the point of his career, because you played four seasons with the Jets, and then they were moving on from you, I think. Yeah. You were around 26, maybe. And you were a star yeah. there in New York, but I was wondering – can you put us in the the position that Baker's in right now that after 4 years you're 26 and the Browns are moving on from you. So what do you what would be your advice to him?
4: You know, it's it's just a reminder that this is the ultimate meritocracy, right? What have you done for me lately? Is there something better? And if you remember uh going into my 3rd year, I want to say uh it was when Peyton Manning was getting ready to you know do his He was. people were shopping him and seeing what was going on and and the Jets 100% kicked the tires on him I have no doubt in my mind and did that bother me of course it bothered me you know I'm their franchise guy we had just been to back-to-back AFC title games like we're knocking on the door we got a shot to really build something here and they go and you know now in hindsight if I'm the Jets hell yeah I'm gonna go check out Peyton Manning <laughs> Hell yeah, I'm going to go look at his neck and make sure he can play and bring him in for a workout if he's willing and all this kind of stuff and try and keep it under wraps for our young quarterback so he doesn't get, you know, all heard uh, about it. But that's just the way it goes. That's the nature of this business. And it's unfortunate, but that's what you sign up for. And and it's just a um, a harsh and unfortunate reminder that when you sign up to play quarterback in the NFL, you sign up for everything. Uh, the good, the bad, the ugly, the injuries, the success, the failures. For Baker, um, you know, as soon as he knew that that was going to happen, as soon as he knew that Deshaun Watson was a possibility or whatever, yeah, I mean, to request a trade, you can't fault the guy. I know he's been getting a ton of criticism, but he's a lightning rod type person anyway, right? You either love him or hate him. There's not many people that are lukewarm on Baker. You just got to kind of be either way. So... I mean, what's a what's um what's one more headline saying Baker wants to be out? Like, who if I'm Baker, who cares? Like, it makes no difference. So, um, do you, you think know,
2: he's a starting quarterback next year?
4: Somebody will give him a chance to compete, and that's a crappy answer. And I'm sorry because I do, you know, I'm too nice with this stuff, but I. I He's tough. He's gritty. He's, but where um,
2: where can he compete for a job? Do you think Seattle now, wants
4: him? Now, I don't know. I, I don't know because Pete's going to want somebody who can move a little bit. And and that's something I think um, Coach Carroll has realized in his time. You look at the USC-Texas game in the Rose Bowl. You look at any time he's played a mobile quarterback like that, he understands as a defensive guy what stresses him the most. We could play the perfect defense. And if Russell Wilson's going to run around in the backfield – for six seconds you can't cover for that long you just can't do it and there's 53 and a third yards of a field that you got to cover and this guy's running around like a pinball back there bouncing off the tackles and spinning and throwing off his back foot and you know hitting tyler lockett or dk metcalf 35 yards downfield or behind the line of scrimmage on the opposite side of the field now the whole defense has to run you can't do that so he knows what stresses him and that's that's a big point on you know, for defensive head coaches, they want on offense what gives them fits on defense. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, that's just natural that you you want something that's difficult to defend. So I don't know if Baker moves enough for Coach Carroll and he turns the ball over too much for Coach Carroll. So Coach Carroll is going to want great defense, great special teams, and a quarterback that can, you know, lock in. And when we need you to make the miraculous play, go for it, kid. It's fourth down. Let it rip. But when it's time to, you know, second and 10, I need a completion to get us into a third and manageable. I don't know if he would trust somebody like that in that situation. Now, you know, so there's something to be said for him to be groomed into what they want or molded into what they want. But Baker's a pretty unique guy, pretty unique personality. He's, you know, he's, um, I don't know. He's, he's, a, he's a different cat, but he's, listen, <laughs> he's Heisman Trophy winner. You can't take that away from him. He's the first pick in the NFL draft. Can't take that away from him. He's won a bunch of games. He took the Browns to the playoffs. I mean, come on, man. He's he's done a couple things that, not just a couple, a lot of things that warrant some, you know, cachet in this league. It's just, are you willing to take a chance on him? And now it's just so dang late for the guy. Like, yeah. all these spots are getting filled. Matt Ryan just landed. Like, the dominoes have all fallen, and he's kind of on the outside, unfortunately, looking in. So it's, that's a tough spot, man. I don't, I don't envy that position, but he's in a, I don't know. Listen, when they did the whole paid Manning thing, back to my, you know, crappy story for a second, they ended up giving me a, a huge contract. I renegotiated after like two years or three years or whatever and got a huge payday, almost as like a, a mea culpa. Like, I'm sorry, you know, and so yeah, you know, I can't complain about that. That's just kind of the way it worked out for Baker. They ended up signing the guy. Now, if the Jets would have signed paid Manning, then I'm out of there. You know, I would have went somewhere else.
2: So, well, how how much better are the Browns today?
4: Well, where do they go at receiver? That's because they lose Jarvis. Well, they, I think um, they're trying
2: to get Jarvis back, aren't they? And they have Amari Cooper. Okay.
4: Yeah, Amari Cooper is a huge pickup for them. Um, you know, and, and that's going to be Deshaun's guy. To bring back Jarvis would be huge if he's willing to take, you know, a little bit less. And you see that happening, right? And And I've heard you talk about it. I've heard uh, Coward talk about it, and and it's really the new, the new model is you get one of these young quarterbacks for cheap, you build up the entire team around them, <clears throat> and after four or five years, whether you pick up their fifth-year option or not, then you decide, okay, is this guy worth this massive contract, and then we're going to have to dish out all these other players because we can't keep everybody. So when Aaron Rodgers takes that massive deal, Devontae Adams is standing there like, all right, man, you know, I got to go get mine somewhere else. It's not personal. It's business. I'll see you later. And so when the court look at Joe Flacco, look at, uh, you know, he gambled like nobody's business, man. On that last year, no contract, nothing. Super Bowl MVP, Super Bowl champion signs the $100 million deal. They had to break up that team and they didn't, you know, they didn't have that kind of success ever again. So, and that's not on Joe. That's, you know, that's his big payday. He deserved it. There's, a, there's an argument for that. There's also an argument for the Tom Brady approach where, yeah, could I make 35? Could I make 40? Am I comfortable with 25? Absolutely. Okay, let's go. Let's go pick up these other players that I'm going to need down the stretch and not just starters. I need depth. I need $2 million to pay our backup wide receiver slot who's our ace on special teams. And he's going to go to a divisional opponent. We need two and a half now, not just two. Like those kind of decisions factor into how long you can play this thing out and how far you can take your team. So, it's uh, it's difficult. But once you sign that massive deal, it's uh, it's hard, man. And and it's good for those guys; they deserve it. But at the same time, it's like, okay, what what's more important? What's you know, what are you trying to do? Reverse engineer it. Do you want to win games? Do you want to sign a big deal? And then you know, reverse engineer it from there.
2: He's Mark Sanchez, Fox NFL analyst, uh, the Broncos with Russell Wilson. If if we're going to have the hierarchy in the AFC West uh, chiefs at, still at the top.
4: You know, that's, that's interesting. I thought, and, and it's funny how things worked out in the AFC, right? Like you look at even Matt Ryan going to the, to the Colts, like, that's huge. They're in a division where, you know, it's them and the Titans. The Titans slightly aging might be, you know, time for them to start to turn some of those pieces over. And, you know, the Colts could could run away with that division, potentially. Who knows what happens in Jacksonville with Doug Peterson? First year, great quarterback. Let's see how that goes. <clears throat> but then he's got to play in the AFC. Who the hell is going to win that, the AFC? If you're in the NFC as a quarterback, that's like fast path. That's like, you know, carpool lane, HOV, like, you're good. Just get to the playoffs. You might have to face Brady in the championship or Rodgers in the championship. Like, that's where you want to be. In the AFC, it's bottleneck there. And there's so many good players, so many good teams. They just kind of, you know, knock each other out. And what was crazy last year is the Bengals hang on. All they had to do was get in the tournament. They had the old, you know, uh, New York Jets mentality. Just get in the tournament. However you got to do it, if you got to back in the last day, the last night, because the Falcons lose and we win or whatever, and Indy sits their players and we win, whatever it takes, man, just get in. So if you're going to rank them, shoot. I I mean, you got to take the Chiefs. They won the division last year, um, you know, defending division champ. Give them the – you got to beat the champ to be the champ kind of thing. So I'd give them the number one slot. But after that, I feel like the Chargers are right there, man. And now with the Raiders, with their – (laughs) <laughs> acquisitions and the Broncos with their acquisitions it's just kind of like one and then one ABC like I, I don't even know how you separate those guys and it's all gonna it's all gonna play out obviously this season but that's gonna be the fun is or all these debates on who's gonna be this who's gonna be that I will say though that you know I think the Broncos might have won this trade now if the Seahawks can play this thing right and I don't know who the hell are gonna play at quarterback maybe it's Drew Locke I don't know Maybe it's, uh, you know, Malik Willis. Maybe they go make a move in the draft or something and they draft and develop. But if they can hit on those two ones and two twos, which is hard. I mean, that's really hard. Even if they hit on three of those four, I mean, they might have won this thing for the long haul because, you know, Russ is coming off his worst year. He's going to be motivated, of course. He's going to have, you know, offensive weapons. He's going to have a great defense to help him. But I don't know. I mean, this, this could be... I think Seattle might have won this thing in the long haul. And in, in the next five years, you look at it, it might have been the right move for them.
2: You're uh, flying the USC colors. Are you uh, you going to practice today?
4: I am going to practice today. Uh, check out Coach Riley and those boys for, uh, for the first day of spring practice. So I'm excited for that. Now, were um, you
2: invited or you just kind of show up?
4: I always just... I've, I've kept a <laughs> close relationship with them i'm like a uh, you know a tennessee tick man i dug myself in they can't get rid of me wow so uh i love that place and and they know that I, I support them like crazy i was crushed when they lost their first game of uh the tournament i was hoping our guys would show out a little bit but we'll see um do you so, help them recruit yeah, I mean, a little bit i mean if they need me you know call them up and let them know it's best place in the world N- no better weather
2: Maybe you talk to the moms. I'd use you for that, but I'd have you on a Zoom call. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I want to hide the, the moneymaker there, Sanchez. But it's I'm all, just, that, it's like... all that uh, M-Drive product you there. guys got me. Whoa! You know I've been using this
4: stuff. I'm plug? All right. I've been using – I've really actually – I've been using the brain whatever. So now I'm not just a pretty face, you know? Now i got the brain <laughs> working. All six brain cells, buddy.
2: I didn't know there were any left after your, uh, your days Very in New York. Very funny.
4: <laughs> Very funny.
2: You got one, you know more, than, one more than Liner. You got one more than Liner. <laughs> <laughs>
4: hey, we played at that flag football tournament. I did all right. Last, uh, two weeks ago, did yeah. you see any of that? No, no. So Rodgers, they got Josh Allen, Aaron Rodgers, Matt Liner, Sam Darnold, me, Kyle Allen, and Desmond Ritter. I think that's eight of us. And we played on these flag football teams. People bid on the quarterbacks, like the first two quarterbacks. So somebody paid like $110,000 for Aaron Rodgers to be their quarterback. It was for RX3, a part of Roth Capital, this investment group that we're all in. Yeah, Dude, it was awesome. You should have seen these guys. I mean, Carson came back out of nowhere. Mountain man from Idaho, finally back in SoCal. The fact that they got him out here shocked me. And you know he's like my idol, so I always have to, like, you know, compose myself before I see Carson, but he was slinging it, man. But who was taking it?
2: Who took it the the most serious?
4: Oh, as soon as the whistle blew, everybody, it was like, especially the old guy, uh, older guys, I should say, but Carson, like Matt, like those, it was like, all right, here we go. The first (laughs) game we're kind of feeling ourselves out. Like, okay, do we have any players on our team by the second game? I mean, Carson was dropping dimes, Just <laughs> whizzing balls by these guys. And some guys were like former players. We had like Chris Conti, Dante Whitner, um, you know, a a bunch of dudes. And and it was uh it was really fun. But you know, you'd get these guys that were, you know, in uh, venture capitalists and uh, you know. Guys who don't really play ball, like they might have played in high school or whatever, but they're just getting their hands <laughs> bloodied up by a ball over the middle from Carson Palmer. It was awesome, man. It was the funniest thing I've seen in a while.
2: That's great. That's great. Hey, it's great to talk to you as always. Have fun today at practice, and uh, thanks for joining us. Yes, sir. Thank you, guys. All right, buddy. That's Mark Sanchez, Fox NFL analyst, and, of course, uh, former quarterback at USC
0: Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call
1: 1-800-GAMBLER. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise set several generations after the last installment in which apes are the dominant species. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and
2: in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. We know that quality sleep is essential. And that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you and your partner whenever you want. Two beds in one, firmer or softer on each side, you decide. And it helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature as well, quiets their snoring, so you stay sleeping comfortably all night long. Sleep Number does everything. My Sleep Number setting is 75. Sleep Number smart beds learn how you sleep. They provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. You will never need another bed. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit JDPower.com awards only at a Sleep Number store or SleepNumber.com. Uh, Sean Salisbury set to join us to clean up the mess here, former NFL quarterback and host of the Sean Salisbury Show on Sports Talk 790 in Houston. I want to let people know that Sean is in his car. If you're watching on Peacock, you're not driving. Just want to make sure that they know you're not driving while you're doing this interview
5: over for you dan because you're special i'm not good <laughs> enough to do two things at once so i'm going to talk to you it's good to be on with you guys
2: all right a uh, couple of things to talk to you about we spent a lot of time talking about deshaun watson over the last year with you um how do you think the uh how did houston uh, fare here in this uh this situation
5: Oh Dan, I, I think I would have got more, but you what? You get a one and a three and a one and a four and a one and a four in whatever order. So you get six assets. I, Deshaun Watson's a better player than Russ Wilson is in my mind. I think he's top five player in the league at his position. I would have gone after what Denver did, but you got to have a player that wants to go after what Denver did, and with his no trade situation, you know, three first rounders was the place to start. And however you got assets, I would have loved for the Texans to grab a a player or two that could have helped a young team and impact them with a little veteran experience. But I don't think they got fleeced when it comes to this. But where you do get fleeced is, and for reasons we all know, Watson didn't want to be here, the legal stuff, is that you're getting rid of what everybody needs in this league. Ask the Rams with Matt Stafford. Denver thinks they got it with Russ Wilson, Josh Allen, Holmes. You're getting a top five player, and you're not winning Super Bowls anymore without not a guy, but that guy at quarterback. Cleveland's better now. They got better. Baker Mayfield hopefully will be a good player again, but Deshaun Watson's better. So anytime you get that franchise guy, you win the deal. And Deshaun's won everything, Dan. 230 guaranteed. He gets to go play where he wanted to play. He had to set out last year, but he got paid. He gets another year where his legs are fresh. Everything he did worked to Deshaun Watson's favor football-wise. So listen, you had to build it somewhere. You got six assets. Good place to start. Now they got to win the draft, being the Texans. But Cleveland wins because you get a franchise quarterback that's going to be on the field for you at some point. You get him for the next decade, and he'll be an MVP guy or candidate every every damn year.
2: Do we just assume that he's going to write a check and the civil lawsuits all go away?
5: Dan, I listen. Judging from how he's won every step of the way, I don't. The legal part. You know, we, you hear stuff go, but once the the uh, criminal charges were dropped and pushed, you know, or were done, I think teams thought the same thing. Now, people are going to judge where their moral compass is about Deshaun Watson in this 22, he said, she said, I wouldn't know because I wasn't there neither do you, but I, I would imagine the commissioner is going to have to do something, right? I don't know what it is, but do something with the optics of this to send a message, but I would imagine, yeah, Dan, at some point, I don't know what the money's going to be, but if it's civil, it's going to come down to probably some, some money move on and repair your reputation, play good football and hope that the, the off the field stuff remorse or whatever it is, but Deshaun's maintained his innocence the whole time. So Dan really does come down that Cleveland has moved on and said, well, we can deal with whatever comes down to civil lawsuits. We got a great football player since he's not going to jail. Um, they're going to deal with this, and he's got a powerful lawyer in Rusty Harden. So, yeah, Dan, it'll be business as usual when the fall comes up, a great quarterback who's going to get paid 230 guaranteed million dollars whenever he's on the field.
2: I also wonder, is there a parallel with uh, how the league looked at Ben Roethlisberger when he wasn't charged criminally, but he got six games, and then it was reduced to four? I know this is 22 civil lawsuits here, which is different but I wonder if they'll still look at this, and maybe he gets six games, or eight games, something like that, and then maybe it's reduced. Can you can you see it? I don't yeah. know if there's another parallel here, and maybe I shouldn't be looking for one. I'm just looking at the punishment uh, part of this for football.
5: Yeah, Dan, I, I'm right with you, and we were discussing that this morning too on my show about all right. Isn't that the isn't that the the, the parallel you have to compare it to? And our society, even though at any point in time, I don't care if it's 30 years ago or now. You have to take these allegations serious. Well, how serious and and people's moral compass. But yeah, if you're the commissioner, Dan, I don't think we can go the other way because we've seen the punishment, smoking weed, one thing, domestic violence, another, these situations. I don't think if you're the commissioner, you can err on the side of, hey, let's give him a game or two and move on. If you're going to err, you better err on the side of protecting women and making sure, and everybody needs to be protected, but making sure you do it the right way. And if Ben was the parallel. 22 of them is a a, a bit more severe. It would it would seem I can't fathom that he's going to go unscathed with any kind of suspension. But I would think if I was a commissioner getting it right with the optics and with not just the optics, but with the moral fiber of this, our country right now is the way it should be. I can't imagine Deshaun Watson starts the season under center in Cleveland. But then again, I'm not that smart, but apparently the commissioner is going to have to make a decision soon so the Browns know what to do. If I'm Deshaun's people, I would expect that we're going to miss some games. And I think that would probably be wise by the commissioner.
2: I was told when this, uh, there, there was the flirting between the Browns and Deshaun Watson, my source said the Texans don't want Baker Mayfield. And then it eventually turned out that that was true, that they weren't interested in Baker Mayfield. Why weren't the Texans interested in Baker Mayfield?
5: Dan, they believe Davis Mills is a player. Now, you think about last year, they didn't have a first or second round pick and Nick Casario went in and got Davis Mills in the third round. And people in Houston moaned about it. Still wanted Deshaun, kind of weren't sure. He would said he didn't want to be here. The legal stuff, but people held out, hope that, well, maybe Deshaun will want to play here. But it's like, why would you take a quarterback? Well, he starts off slow and ends the season. Aside from Mac Jones, you could argue that the way he played, he was either one or two as a yeah. rookie quarterback. So the third-round situation doesn't matter. But, damn, think about it. Not just Baker Mayfield. They didn't try to get Matt Ryan. They didn't try to go in and get a Russ Wilson or a star veteran. They didn't. They, they haven't inquired about Jimmy Garoppolo. They didn't inquire about, I mean, you go Carson Wentz, all these guys that they're going, and they, I don't, they don't have any interest in any of these first-round quarterbacks because I don't believe there's a franchise, at least immediate changer in the draft. They think Davis Mills is a player. Now, this year is going to be important, but they also saw growth enough mentally, emotionally and physically to say, we got a guy that we don't have to spend a first rounder. And I'm not sure, Dan, here that they think that they think Baker Mayfield's better than Davis Mills. Yeah. I think they think they got themselves a fairly good steal in the third round who can spin it a little bit and who's got a pretty bright future.
2: Yeah, and uh, you know he's not going to cost you. We're talking to Sean Salisbury, former NFL quarterback, host of the Sean Salisbury Show on Sports Talk 790 in Houston. I thought about you when I saw the news about uh, John Clayton, our uh, former co-worker, because um, you guys spent a lot of time together, certainly uh, off camera and then certainly on camera. Your relationship was uh, back and forth. How did you guys get paired up to begin with?
5: Yeah, Dan, I'm taking this one's, I'm struggling with this one. And I don't mean to be emotional. It's it's hard on me. When I got this news Friday uh, over the weekend on Friday night, I was I took like a 7 p.m. nap. I was exhausted. All of a sudden I wake up, there's like 60 messages on my phone, text messages. I'm like, it's like eight eight thirty, nine o'clock at night. I'm like, what is what sixty? And I look at it and all of them from friends and our guy Seth Markman and a bunch let me know that what had happened, and I was devastated. Because I talked to John a handful of weeks ago, seemed fine. You know, he spent so much time taking care of his great wife, Pat, and spending all these years being one of the best in the business. How it started with four downs, uh, Dan, was we were in, I was in the newsroom with our guy, Mark Preissler and Mark Shapiro wanted to do something different. Mark was there at the time. And they came up to me in the newsroom at ESPN and John was doing a remote somewhere and said, we want to do something different, like the nerd or the you know, the the smart guy versus the jock. I said, wait a minute, am I the smart guy or the jock? (laughs) And so I said, some would argue I wasn't a jock, and a whole lot of them are going to say I'm not the smart guy. So they they said, let's try this. And it was Dan, and I think John and I were most proud of, it was the original, like, sports debate thing. And I didn't know it was going to catch on like this. And I still, to this day, you and I have talked about it over the years, more questions about John Clayton and I and whatever you want to, however you want to ask him than any question I've ever received in my playing time. They don't want to know if I threw a touchdown. They don't want to know who I think the first pick of the draft. How's your relationship with John Clayton? And Dan, you know this for the years you were there. We never scripted it. Yeah, We were never told what to say. We would discuss it off camera with uh, our the people that asked the questions. And it was organic, and we let it rip. And our relationship was always special. I've known him since 1986 before that. But it became even more tight-knit and close over the years um, with this, and we weren't sensitive. We got after it. What you saw was real intensity. But when the second the camera went off, John and I were back to being great friends. I'm I'm having a hard time with this because I love him. And he was an original pioneer of this. And, Dan, over all the years of covering sports and watching it and loving it like you do, I don't know if I've ever been around a guy who loved talking football on TV and radio more than John did. And like the commercial, which you used to kid him about the ponytail. That's where it started. And to get that commercial was like validation for John. He loved it, Dan. And he's the one guy, he'd, he'd crawl 15, mi- I mean, 1500 miles to talk on a radio show at midnight because he loved it. Yeah. I was honored to be his partner. He was a great, a great radio and television partner and four downs was awesome. And I'm having a hard time because he was a special friend.
2: Uh, good to talk to you. And, uh, yeah, I did think Thank about you, you because, uh, you know, the professor, I called him Johnny Good Times because he, yes. he he always talked about the positive. He loved – it's like Tim Kirchin. Tim always talks about the positives of baseball. And John always talked about the positives. And uh, he was always available. Always. You need him to do a live shot, John's there. Need him to be a guest on your radio show, John's there. Always. And Dan, it didn't mean if it was midnight or 6 a.m. John didn't
5: care. (laughs) A loyal
2: friend, a loyal worker. And
5: I hope all the insiders that come on after, you know, through these years realize that this was one of the greatest we ever had in the business. I'm going to miss him. Thank you.